Hello friend, I am Maria, and welcome to the Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. This show is about spirituality, higher realms, the mysteries of the universe, and source consciousness. I use hypnosis to get into a deep theta state where I am able to connect to and embody my higher self. This particular episode is from a series we call Conversations with a Collective. In this series, I'm accessing the depth and the breadth of the collective human consciousness on planet Earth. What unfolds is a monologue that is dictated by the questions and comments that I receive back from the collective. Enjoy! For those of you that don't know, my book, my first book, is now out. It is called 72 Keys to Manifestation or An Ancient Path of a Modern Day Alchemist. It is a child of love. And this book is going to change your life. This book is about manifestation. I also wanted to let you know that I have charged it personally for anybody that purchases this book to literally set you up with the right frequencies for abundance. Literally, this book is going to be a true catalyst in your life. I'm not kidding you guys. There is real white magic that is working through this book. There is a barrier to entry that, you know, I as a being of light, I, I have my own guides that work with me. Um, they wanted to have a barrier to entry on the ancient knowledge that came through this book, right? Hence the price. But, but if you feel serious about unlocking your abundance, this is the book for you guys. I'm not kidding. It's going to work with your body, with your energy field on more levels than one. It is a multi-layered book. There are only a few books like that on the face of planet earth today it is quite rare so if you want to check it out and if you want to really literally notice and see the big difference of and having your life transform highly recommend you get yourself a copy do yourself a favor you'll thank me later i promise hello everyone and welcome to another episode of conversations with a collective or conversations with my higher self it's really one and the same at this point I missed you. Um, it's really good to quote-unquote see all of you today. Today we're going to be covering a very, very exciting topic, and the topic is Divine Mother. I've been wanting to do an episode on this for quite some time. This is a very dense, cosmic, high-frequency, high-dimensional topic. I would say it's probably also one of the foundational episodes for some of the work that I will be doing in the future. It's time for this energy to be even further anchored into this third dimensional reality. It is time for us to really meet the Divine Mother for who she is. It is time for us to learn her story, to understand what she wants for planet Earth, to understand what is the bigger picture that is being um, painted here, if you will. What are the bigger forces that are at play? Because I don't think we can ever understand the micro before we understand the macro. As such, you've obviously heard, uh, on this note shall I say, you've obviously heard that it is the time of the Divine Feminine. Divine Feminine is going to start ruling planet Earth, etc., etc., um, I would say not so fast, unfortunately. I would say not so fast. So what we are experiencing right now is an extreme polarity of masculinity. 
on planet Earth and surrounding planets. So what I want you to imagine as you're trying to understand the moment in time that we're going through is I want you to imagine a pendulum. And I want you to imagine that the pendulum swings and it swings to the left and to the right. And the movement of the pendulum is perpetual. So this pendulum is never stagnant. It's never static, right? It's always dynamic. So essentially everything in our universe evolves according to the movement of the pendulum. This is yet another way to think of the movement of the spiral. Essentially, these are not terribly different, although at face value, it seem like it may seem like the movement of the spiral and the movement of the pendulum are very different. But I'll explain what I mean. So essentially, um, you know, at the higher echelons of creation, there is unity. But the moment we step out of those high echelons, the moment we step out of that unity, essentially everything below is some version, some form, some shape of separation. Separation of polarities, separations of, separation of energies, separation of frequencies, separation of all of the above, right? And so essentially the way souls evolve is by going through varying degrees of separation and understanding who they are as it relates to that, you know, different kinds of separation. Essentially, souls are not born knowing who they are. They have to go on a deep journey, on a very long journey, into the core of self, into the core of who they are, to even try to understand what differentiates them from others, right? Through that journey, a soul is going to take on many, many incarnations on many, many planets, in many, many different dimensions, with varying missions, with varying degrees of success, all with one specific purpose of understanding what that one particle of source consciousness is, right? So soul essentially is not just on the journey of evolution, but it is on a journey of self-discovery. You know, what am I that makes me different from others? What am I that makes me different from source, right? What am I that makes me different from other beings, other particles of my soul family, etc., etc., etc. And the way that this discovery unfolds is through experiencing varying degrees of polarity, as I said earlier. And one of the most common, or shall I say foundational, fundamental types of polarity is the polarity of masculinity and femininity. That type of polarity even exists within source. Or shall I say, the moment that source wanted to explore itself, the first type of division that was created was a division into feminine and masculine energies, right? So that first moment in time, when source decided, right, that it wants to know itself, it split into two pieces, two parts, if you will. And they were of roughly equal measure, the two parts, the masculine and the feminine. And so this grand pendulum swing that we're going and exploring, or living rather, the, the types of swing, is it moves from one polarity, the polarity of masculinity, through the point of equilibrium into the polarity of femininity, right? So that is essentially the pendulum swing. On both sides of the swing, right, with the highest amplitude, 
we have the both the polarities of these energy energies meaning on the one side is 100 masculine on the other side is 100 feminine in between is 50 50 essentially or 100 equilibrium you can you can say now what is interesting about this whole game of life about this whole game of discovery right let's say a soul has a mission and that mission is becoming an artist or a writer or a painter or what have you right let's say that the soul is exploring its artistic skills its artistic talents right and that is the mission and say the end goal of the mission is to create a masterpiece let's say that that is a very simply defined mission the way that a soul is going to experience that if the world is in the polarity of masculinity versus the polarity of femininity versus the polarity of equilibrium is going to be very very different how artistry trans transforms or unfolds shall i say in worlds that are governed by these three states is very different the way of getting to that masterpiece is very different the way you look feel act think in the process of getting to that masterpiece is very different so essentially those are very different journeys but it gets even more complex than that it goes above and beyond polarities because nothing or hardly anything is ever black and white so generally speaking right there are varying levels of degrees of this combination this mixture of masculine and feminine right imagine a world that is 30 70 or 70 30 in either direction again that is going to represent a unique journey a unique experience and through that unique experience a soul is going to learn something about itself that is going to help the soul evolve and unfold in its unique way and move up the ladder of light so the reason i'm telling you all this now i'm going to start bringing it home is as follows you are on planet earth right now experiencing one of the more uh, polarized aspects of masculinity that exists within the universe. The number, the amount of feminine energies that exist right now, especially in their true form, right? In their true unpolluted, unrestrained, unrestricted forms, right? That energy of femininity is at its all-time low, right? When people are saying that the divine feminine is coming back, what this means is the pendulum swung so far to the left into masculinity that there is no further that it could possibly go. And so what we are experiencing as a society, what you guys are experiencing on planet Earth today is the very slow, minute, one-degree movement away from that masculinity into the polarity of the feminine. We have 99 degrees still to go, which is going to take a lot of time, right? That shift is never easy. It's never fast. And by the way, very often it doesn't even happen. Very often, you know, um, or shall I say, it happens for the greater whole. It doesn't always happen for each individual planet, right? So when um, light workers star seeds, however you want to call it, the awakened folks that are teaching. When they're telling you, we are entering the realm of divine feminine and the divine feminine is so awoke 
and the divine feminine is so prevalent and so and essentially it arrived, I hate to break this to you. The, the, the truth in the matter is we barely moved away from 100% masculinity. Barely, right? Is it better than, I don't know, 10 years ago? Slightly, but not a ton, not by a lot. There's still so much for us to transform. There's still so much for us to deal with um, before we can fully come into the feminine polarity. And chances are it's going to take millions of years, actually, to fully flip the polarity. I'm not going to lie. Now, um, before we dive into who the Divine Mother is, um... I almost like want to tell you a story, right? Or shall we start actually with who she is? So really quickly, in a nutshell, Divine Mother is the female face of God. That's what I like to call her. She is the full spectrum of feminine energies known to creation, right? Now, that polarity, the feminine polarity... Um, is really interesting to explore because there are certain things that you would perceive as masculine qualities that actually fall in the domain of the feminine. And there are certain feminine qualities that you guys would perceive them as feminine that actually also fall into the domain of the masculine. So what I'm trying to tell you is this. Imagine that you have a spectrum with two ends, right? And, and in these two ends, you have the feminine and the masculine polarity. And towards the middle, you have this gray space or this gray area, uh, which is essentially like a debatable area. And in that debatable area, you have certain qualities that could actually be both, right? And that gray area is actually way bigger than you may think. And so... Uh, there are certain qualities, again, that you're going to need to explore from the feminine perspective that you have been exploring from the masculine perspective. A quick one is courage. I don't want to break your paradigm right now because I think the last thing that this planet needs is more confusion. But you tend to associate courage with the characteristic of a guy, right? So essentially, you perceive courage to be masculine. So, and I'll explain exactly why. Very often when something is downloaded, uploaded as a template on planet Earth into your collective, um, and every, by the way, every type of quality, you know, courage being one, um, at one point came through a template. So there was a soul that came here, exhibited this quality that you guys chose to call courage, right? And that vibration was experienced and expressed in a particular manner, in a particular way. So the reason courage was labeled as masculine on planet Earth was because originally courage came through as a template from a warrior consciousness. So the first being that exhibited that type of quality came through as a warrior. That warrior exhibited courage, you know, warfare is essentially a very masculine type of activity, if you will. And so you guys started associating the quality of courage with the sun, 
you know, the lion and essentially the divine masculine. What if I told you that there could have been a different template for planet Earth? And that template could have been the feminine courage. I'll explain. Let's dive really quickly into the concept of motherhood. And let's imagine a situation where there is a house and it's burning, right? And you're a woman. And even if you're a guy, bear with me for this analogy. Because even if you're a guy in this life, it doesn't mean that you've always been a guy. A, B, it doesn't mean that you don't have feminine qualities flowing in you. So bear with me for this analogy. So imagine there is a burning house and it's really, you know, it's getting hot. Like, you know, it's dangerous. And imagine you're a woman. You know, there are very few things, very few things that would have you forget your sense of self-preservation, the number one instinct of humans, to make you want to go into that house. Essentially, pretty much the only thing that could make you want to not just walk into the burning house, but run into the burning house is if your baby was inside. So imagine there's your child, it's crying, and the house is burning. More often than not, I would tell you probably 99% of mothers would go in. Not everybody, maybe 98, right? But that would be displaying courage to a degree that a lot of warriors during warfare could not. The stuff that mothers do and did and are doing and will do to save their children is a whole other story altogether. The level of commitment, the level of sacrifice is unprecedented. And they're showing incredible courage. But that courage comes from the heart. It is a heart-led courage. It is a, it's, it's a love-based courage. It's the same or a similar type frequency, right? But it's also very different from the masculine courage of let's conquer new territories. Uh, let's be competitive. Let's win for the sake of winning, you know? That is a very different type of courage than the courage of a mother that's walking into a burning house to save her child, right? So all I'm saying is forget kind of everything that you knew because what you think is masculine, what you think is feminine is going to have to be relearned by you and on this planet. Because I will tell you that courage is just as much feminine as it is masculine. That love is just as much feminine as it is masculine. That creation is just as much feminine as it is masculine, etc., etc., etc. The list goes on. So let's talk about the Divine Mother. Divine Mother, being the female face of God, when she got split from the consciousness that was one source into essentially the polarity that was a source with two heads, if you will, or two faces, right? Needed to also understand and explore itself. And so essentially, divine masculine and divine feminine play a game of ping pong. And through that game of ping pong, <laughs> they learn about each other and they learn about themselves. And when they say the game of ping pong, it literally feels like 
They're flipping polarities back and forth, back and forth, kind of like the ping pong game when the ball moves from the one from one player to the other player. And they are challenging themselves and challenging one another to missions that they believe are going to have the highest propensity for helping them explore who they are as consciousness, right? Because by the way, as above, so below. If you guys don't know what you want, you don't always know who you are in your entirety as a soul, neither does source. I hate to break this to you, right? Like, yes, source is uh, omnipotent, right? They're all knowing and they're all everything. And yet the number one thing that is the hardest thing for source to do is to know itself. So it is in constant movement. It is in a co- on a constant perpetual journey of finding out, of learning more things about itself, right? By the way, that's why source favors the curious. I don't know if you knew that. If you're a curious person, if you're an adventurous person, the source energy is always going to be on your side. I'm just saying. So in this game of ping pong, each of the parties, the masculine and the feminine, gets to select missions for itself. And one of the missions that is exceptionally exciting for both parties, by the way, is taking a consciousness, a system of beings, right? So not just one individual consciousness, but they like to play bigger, like macro games, if you will, right? Um, So they're playing at the macro level. So one of the more exciting games for them is taking a system that exists in extreme polarity and flipping that polarity. So for the feminine side of God, for the feminine face of God or source, and I use God and source interchangeably, just saying they're one and the same thing as far as I'm concerned. So the most exciting mission for Divine Mother, the female face of God, is taking an inherently masculine polarity system, as bad as it gets, like all the way masculine, and you know, one day at a time, one energy at a time, one incarnation at a time, one mission at a time, right? Flipping that polarity to eventually have that polarity become 100% feminine. The learning that happens over the course of this flip is incredible. So every step of the way, you know, there are new things, there are new discoveries, there are new aha moments for the female face of God. So she really likes to play that game. On the other hand, you have Divine Father, right? Who likes to play the opposite kind of game. What challenges him, what excites him, is taking a system that is essentially inherently female, close to 100% feminine, and flipping that polarity to be 100% masculine. And then, of course, they also play collective games where they're trying to get to, like, to balance the two. And that is another fun way of, of playing as well right? Because what is true balance, right? There are many ways to skin the cat. There are many ways to join the two energies, the masculine and the feminine, to get balance, right? There are different kinds of energies you can take because like when you say 50% this, 50% that, which 50% is it, right? Right? So what I'm trying to say is it's a pretty exciting game to be able to flip polarities. Now, it takes an ungodly amount of time but what is time if you're source, right? Time only makes sense or time is only of the essence um, when you're incarnated in the physical 
world, right? When you're playing um, in virtual reality. Time is less of the essence, um, you know, once you exit this limited time-space construct. Anyhow, let me start to bring it home because I, I know that this is like really lofty and really up there for you guys. But as always, I think it's really, really important for you to understand what happens from the perspective of higher consciousness so you can understand how this unfolds on your plane as well. So here's what happened. As one of its missions, and by the way, at any point in time, there are multiple ping pong games happening between the female and the male face of God. There's not just one. There are millions of games that they're playing. And all of these games are at a different stage, different levels of complexity. They're playing it with different souls under them, right? So it's not like every single aspect, like every single soul participates in every single challenge or in every single ping pong game with them, right? Um, so every game is essentially unique. So one of the games that Divine Feminine is playing is the game played in the Milky Way galaxy. The Milky Way galaxy. My dear friend, please pardon this quick interruption. If you like our podcast, we ask that you please help us spread the light by leaving a review on Apple Podcasts so that more people could discover our content. Thank you so much, blessed soul. Um, it's unfolding. It's history. Shall I say maybe it's destiny? Is to be one of those galaxies that starts off in very masculine energies and finishes off being in 100% feminine female polarity. And this is almost like counterintuitive, right? Because I don't know if you guys know this, right? But um, let me not assume that you know this. But let me kind of like start from scratch. Every galaxy out there in the universe has a sponsoring energy. That sponsoring energy is generally one, you know, represents one of the polarities so they're masculine or feminine so the milky way galaxy is sponsored by a very ancient feminine spirit right and here is the paradox that very ancient feminine spirit is playing a game with a divine feminine with a divine face of god with a divine mother right or rather not only is she playing the game but she's also learning from her great teacher right so the divine mother is a great teacher right Source is a great teacher archetype, the teacher of teachers, the guru of gurus, right? So being able to study under source is actually an honor and a privilege. So Divine Mother is curating the Milky Way herself, actually. And the paradox that I was talking about earlier is that despite the fact that the spirit, the consciousness that embodies, inhibits, inhabits, sorry, represents the Milky Way galaxy is a feminine type consciousness, right? The game that is being played is flipping the polarity from masculinity to femininity. And the reason that that entity, that consciousness wants to play that game is because that is an exciting challenge for it. Because there are certain aspects within that uh, consciousness, right? 
the masculinity within, within that consciousness is very, very strong, right? It, uh, the Milky Way, the sponsoring energy for the Milky Way galaxy, that soul, her polarity is actually more masculine than feminine, despite that being a feminine spirit. I don't want to blow your mind, you guys, but um, I'm, I'm getting this really like massive confusion from the collective, right? Which I think warrants an explanation. The question from the collective is, whoa, 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 this makes no sense whatsoever. How can a feminine soul, essentially, a feminine consciousness, be in her masculine polarity? And the answer is actually really simple. Souls, essentially, can flip polarities, flip genders. Um, and they very often do, right? So a soul is born gender neutral, or should I say uh, androgynous, right? Um, so a soul can choose to learn under one of the teachers first, right? So when the soul gets birthed, um, and I, I use the word birth very loosely, by the way, when the soul gets birthed, at first it decides whether it wants to learn under the great divine mother or the great divine father. Uh, like which teacher? It selects a teacher. Say they selected the father, which in this case, exactly what happened with um, the entity that is the Milky Way galaxy. Uh, that soul selected to learn from the divine father. And as that soul was learning from the divine father, it was accumulating a lot of masculine energy. So all of a sudden you had a neutral polarity and now you have a masculine polarity within that one consciousness. At one point, right, a certain level of mastery of masculine energies happened within that soul. And that soul decided to flip and say, you know what? I am going to, from this day forward, learn from Divine Mother. And as I'm learning from Divine Mother, I would want to accumulate different qualities that are inherent in Divine Mother that are not yet inherent to me. And so that soul joins another teacher, another school of thought, if you will, another guru, and starts learning and accumulating those feminine energies. The moment you flip the teacher, the moment that soul decided to go from the father to the mother, her gender turned temporarily or at face value turned to be feminine because that is the journey that she's on. She's exploring her femininity, right? So now it is a soul, a consciousness that chooses to identify as feminine for some time. We don't know for how long, you know, um, the moment that that soul believes that she has accumulated enough feminine energies she can flip back to masculinity or she can most likely ne the next um, uh, the next flip is going to be to androgynous, right? Like without gender, like where you can be like all of it essentially, right? Because down the road, you want to be all of it, right? You want to embody all of the qualities of source to be able to fully rejoin with source. Um, that being said, right? This consciousness that was, that is the Milky Way galaxy is a type of soul that was training a lot under the Divine Father. It is a soul with a very strong connection to the Divine Father that now has flipped polarities and said, you know what, I'm feminine. And as she's learning and studying under the Divine Mother, what uh, ended up happening, right, is she picked a very exciting challenge for her, right? And that challenge for her is how do I flip my polarity from masculinity and overabundance of masculine to femininity and an overabundance of feminine. And Divine Mother said, let's play. Because this is aligned with the type of uh, ping pong games that I like to play. 
And that is how a soul contract was created or a divine contract was created because technically we cannot necessarily reduce divine mother to like to even to, to the status of a soul that would be doing her a great injustice, right? So a divine contract was created. And that divine contract was as follows. Divine mother committed to helping the Milky Way galaxy, the soul of the Milky Way galaxy, the sponsor entity of the Milky Way galaxy, on her journey of flipping her polarity from masculinity to femininity. Why should you care? Because essentially this explains why you live on a masculine forward planet. Not only that, but despite the fact that you believe that your galaxy is very feminine, 90% of the Milky Way galaxy today, the way it stands, 90 going into like, like now it's starting to go back into the 80s very soon, right? Moving in, in, in like in the right direction here. That galaxy is still experiencing the masculine polarity. So for this soul, it is actually exceptionally important to work with the Divine Mother to start integrating the energies because the moment that soul integrates the energies, it's able to pass on those energies to the various planetary systems, solar systems within its body. So those energies, those feminine energies can be integrated. Have you, have you guys ever critically looked at the solar system? I mean, I know the answer is no, but um, I'm also a little bit surprised why. Um, anyhow, I'll tell you what, um, you know, what I see uh, from the higher perspective. Solar system is an incredibly, incredibly masculine system. There are a lot of you astrologers out there. There are enough astrologers, actually, who are listening to this podcast. Have you ever asked yourself the question, why the number of feminine type planets in the solar system is so disproportionate to the number of masculine planets? No? Okay. So technically, right, there are eight or nine planets if we don't count the sun, right? Um, sorry, let me take that back. Um, in, in terms of like how many planets, right? There are nine planets if we count the sun. But, 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 if you look at the, what the scientists are saying right now, they're not even entirely sure that Pluto is a planet. Whether planet, Pluto is a planet or not a planet, because some scientists say it's a dwarf. You know, from my perspective, it's a planet. So I'm not sure why it's getting such a bad rep. But essentially, if you look at the major planets in the solar system, right, um, you're only going to find two feminine planets, and that's it. And the feminine planets are Venus and Earth. I'm hearing all these loud voices from the collective. What about the moon, the moon, the great feminine planet, the moon? Okay, you guys, the moon is a localized planet that is only relevant as it relates to planet Earth. So from the perspective of source or higher consciousness, the moon and earth are kind of one and the same energy. They're not really two different planets, right? Now, anytime you run your astrology report here, you may feel differently, right? Because you are technically on earth and the moon is actually a great teacher for Gaia, right? So from that perspective, it makes sense for you to run your moon charts and all of that good stuff and uh, look at the movement of the moon, etc., etc. But 
if we take it a notch up and look at the solar system, the solar system doesn't care about the moon. I hate to tell you that. The only planet that cares about the moon is Earth. So now look at, let's look at that polarity, right? You have nine planets, out of which only two are feminine. And so seven are masculine. This, you guys, represents an incredible polarity into masculinity, as above, so below. So even at the level of the solar system, you are experiencing a massive overabundance of masculinity and a massive underabundance of femininity. Enough so, right? That even exploring divine feminine on this planet becomes problematic unless we use the moon, because that is our closest proxy to certain feminine energies. Now, let me go back to what I was starting to tell you earlier about divine mother. Interesting and the beautiful part about divine mother is that she encompasses the full spectrum of feminine energies, right? So as a great teacher, she runs the gamut, right? She runs the gamut of um, qualities um, that, you know, so both the qualities that you would perceive to be as feminine, such as, you know, nurturing and loving and caring and tender and gentle, you know, beautiful and all of these things, as well as some of the qualities that you would not consider feminine at all, right? Such as courageous, right? Uh, smart, actually. Smart somehow is like a masculine quality on this planet. I don't know how, but it is, right? But there is girl smart and there is guy smart and those are very different smart, right? Um, courage we already went through, etc., cetera, et cetera. Um, So that great teacher, you know, divine feminine, uh, divine mother, she runs the full gamut. And the way that essentially, what, what is the game that is being played? You know, we're taking uh, on a smaller scale, right? On a smaller mm -hmm. scale. Uh, let, let me take that back. Let me start the sen sentence one more time because I don't want to confuse you. And it's really, really important. The way that the Milky Way galaxy flips from being masculine into being feminine is by slowly but surely flipping the different parts, the different particles within itself. Um, so by taking smaller systems of planets, pla so essentially they start with planets, or beings on the planets, then the planets, then planetary systems, right? So uh, if you flip a system of planets, you know, then that creates a little bit of a ripple effect. And then the borderline uh, neighboring planetary systems, it's a lot easier to flip the polarities. Pleiades, for instance, is a really, really good example of a system that has flipped feminine within the Milky Way galaxy. Because of that, Pleiades is choosing to curate certain systems that, you know, uh, planetary systems that are within the vicinity of Pleiades and kind of like emanating and shining that light of divine love and femininity and all of these beautiful qualities on all of these neighboring planets and neighboring systems. And the reason they're doing that is because they're aiding and assisting in flipping the polarity from masculine to feminine. Again, and that is just happens to be the game that is being played in the Milky Way galaxy, right? Um, that being said, that being said, how does the flip happen, right? Again, if we look at, and maybe, maybe for that, maybe you need a little bit of a history of the solar system. 
Now, this is a spiritual history. This is not something that you guys are necessarily going to be able to read in a textbook, an astronomy textbook. But uh, at one point in time, 100% of the planets in the solar system were masculine planets. They exhibited masculine energies. Over time, the first planet that flipped into femininity was Venus. Venus. Venus was the first planet that flipped into femininity. It was called something else before. And the way and the reason the planet is able to flip into femininity is because it starts really truly embodying one aspect of Divine Mother to an utmost degree. So the beings that got incarnated on that planet that wasn't Venus at the time, it was called something else, which is beside the point. They really embodied the qualities of beauty, love, and, you know, um, you know, that higher goddess-like divinity, right? So those were the qualities that enabled the planet Venus to flip from masculine to feminine. All of a sudden now, we associated with goddess consciousness, right? Venus, the same thing as Aphrodite, right? So it stands for love and beauty and all of these things, right? Which essentially is a very particular range of feminine frequencies that were able to be anchored in planet Venus, right? Um, and that was the first domino, right? Now Venus is a much more highly evolved planet than Earth. You know, it does, it's able, A, it exists in more dimensions, right? And it's able to bring in and house, shall I say, host beings that are a lot more higher dimensional, higher frequency than planet Earth, right? So there is more life to Venus, arguably, than there is to Earth. The second part on that chain is planet Earth, right? Gaia is the second consciousness, that second feminine stream of energy that is meant to flip the polarity of the solar system. What is Gaia? Gaia represents the energy of motherhood and nurturing. That is the second stream of divine feminine energies that were selected to be embodied into the solar system to help start flipping the polarity. On a journey, Gaia, by the way, and I think we've been there before, Gaia is a beautiful spirit. She is on the younger side, very promising with a lot of potential. But Gaia requires a lot of help and a lot of teachers. That's why over the course of time, Gaia had a couple of moons or companion planets that helped her anchor the energies of motherhood and nurturing, that helped her um, anchor the energies of the heart. That's why any being actually incarnating on planet Gaia, especially right now, needs to think about opening their hearts. Because there's absolutely no way you would have incarnated on this planet right now if the issue of opening the heart was not important to you. And when I say important, it could be important in two ways. Either you are a being whose heart is closed down, so you cho chose for yourself like the next challenge of coming down to a planet that must open the heart or quite literally cannot evolve, or you're the type of being 
that care so much about other beings opening their hearts because you have already opened yours, that you came here as a teacher of heart energies. And there's no really, and that's it, you know. That is the only way for you to be aligned with the energies of planet Earth. You either fall smack in the middle of one camp or you fall smack in the middle of the other camp. There is no other way. So which one are you? You know, for a quick diagnostic, a lot of people listening to this podcast actually are the carriers of the heart energy, are the carriers of the heart ray, are the carriers of the frequency of love. And take this as a sign. If you've been looking for a sign or permission to transmit and transmute the energies of the lack of heart, this is it. This is your call. Your call has arrived. So get out of your shell and get out there in the world, shining the light of your heart in whatever way that feels authentic to you and to your self-expression. What happens next is the next stage, the next step in this polarity is actually unearthing and anchoring one more of the feminine energy streams, the type of energy that, again, on this planet and in the solar system is not perceived to be as a feminine energy. That type of energy is called the creatress. The creatress is the next frontier to waking up the divine feminine. First, it was beauty. Then, it was motherhood, right? So Venus is beauty. Earth is motherhood. The next planet is creation, the female creation. That is what needs to happen uh, for us to start, or like, should I say, keep going the direction that has been painted and blueprinted for us by Divine Mother. So she really intends to bring in the energies of the female creatress, or creatrix, if you will. It's one and the same thing, front and center. So the birth of the female archetype, the rebirth, and the coming back of the Divine Feminine energies is going to happen through the birth and resurgence and the anchoring of the energies of the great creatress. Essentially, women need to claim their creative power. And it's not any kind of women. It's women of planet Earth. Because the energy needs to be anchored by someone. And very often, the way that works is you have to pass the baton. So I'll explain to you one thing. When Venus reached her apogee in terms of the energies of beauty being anchored within its core and when venus flipped polarity essentially becoming venus the next step in the evolution of the planet is for the planet to essentially pave the way for that next stream of feminine consciousness for that next ray to come through so think of, you know, like a very simple analogy, right, would be to say, fine, you know, divine feminine could be divided into, it's like the colors of the rainbow. Again, very simplistic. There are way more aspects of divine feminine than seven. But let's, let's just run with this analogy, right? So let's say Venus anchored the red. 
you know, please bear with me. Don't think too much about the colors. Venus anchored the red. Next one was orange. Like orange needed to be anchored next, right? Beings on Venus and Venus herself, right? Being at that point a much more evolved system knew that the next type of energy that needs to be anchored was the orange because that was the next logical link in that chain, right? The next logical color of that rainbow was orange. And so the way that this happens, right, is because from the perspective of the solar system, Venusians held the most high vibrational feminine energies, or frankly, the only feminine energies in the solar system. They had to pick up the slack for everybody else, and they had to do the work to anchor that next frontier. And the next frontier that was selected for uh, the solar system was motherhood. So they had to anchor in the energy of motherhood. And so they did a lot of work to anchor the energies of motherhood. But it was never the job of Venus or Venusians to fully embody motherhood because they embodied beauty. And that is a different face of goddess. That is a different face of divine feminine. So we here on planet Earth need to and have been mastering the energies of motherhood. However, however, you know, as we're starting to come into the embodiment of that motherhood archetype. And by the way, that's why a lot of these goddesses that came here to planet Earth, from Isis to Ishtar to Lada to uh, Lakshmi, there's a bunch of them that came as great teachers. You know, very often it was like mother goddess. Mother goddess here, mother goddess there, mother goddess everywhere. Literally any pantheon you open up has a mother goddess because it was important to anchor in the mother energies. Anyhow, the next step on the evolution and on the path towards anchoring divine femininity, not just for planet Earth, but in general for the Milky Way galaxy, is stepping into not only anchoring the main lesson for planet Earth, which is motherhood and nurturing, right? And by the way, when I say motherhood, that's just like one I think that's just like a very oversimplified way to communicate that energy. But in that same uh, in that same realm, in that same sentence, you have um, borderlines um, like similar type energy. So it's like motherhood. It's being a good wife. It's being nurturing, right? It, it's being the nurturer of your community, right? So essentially, it's a woman with her heart space open from a place of compassion, nurturing, caring, and giving to others. That is the feminine face of God that is seeking to be perfected on planet Earth. But that is only half the trouble. The rest of the trouble is Earth needs to start preparing the foundation for the other anchor to come through. And that next anchor is the female creative aspect. The creatress needs to be birthed. And it has to be birthed on planet Earth. That archetype needs to be cornered, not cornered, anchored on planet Earth. And the moment that happens and the moment that archetype is anchored to a significant degree, we're going to get a third planet, a third feminine planet into the system, in the solar system. I don't know how um, how much you guys are like following what's happening with... Um, 
science, um, specifically, um, you know, space uh, sciences. But um, there's um, science, um, scientists have been looking for a mysterious ninth planet. Like there is a reason to believe that there is the ninth planet. And by the way, this is like for those that like, for those scientists that like say Pluto is not a planet. So essentially they say it's eight, right? They're saying there is one more planet. It's a mysterious planet. They don't know what it is, but like the way that um, time-space reality curves around certain aspects of itself makes scientists believe that there is a body there, like a planet, but somehow we're not able to see it. So the moment that planet Earth anchors the energies of the female creatress, that planet is going to make itself known and it's going to be the ninth planet essentially. And that's going to be the third feminine planet of the solar system. That is the blueprint. That is where we're going. Um, let's talk a little bit about Divine Mother and the Creatress archetype, shall we? Because now that we touched upon it, now that we touched that this is the next frontier, might as well just explore what that means. Divine Mother is just as much responsible for the creation of everything, the, the creation of everything that you know in the universe as the Divine Father is. What is Divine Mother? What is the Divine Feminine? And maybe we'll talk physics for a quick second. Um, the universe, essentially, is comprised of two types of energies, matter and antimatter. Matter is essentially something that already has shape and form and size. You know, this is the universe. This is something that has already been manifested. Everything that has been manifested is a domain of masculinity. Antimatter is a domain of the great feminine, divine mother, female face of God. Antimatter is the building block or uh, represents the building uh, particles that they also represent the potentiality of anything that could happen. It could be built, could be created. You don't get matter without antimatter, in fact. So at the universal level, from the perspective of like the higher perspective, femininity is just as responsible for creation as masculinity. Definitely not less. Now, I cannot take the creative aspects of father either you know it takes two to tango in this particular case but but the aspect of a woman as a creatress has not been anchored on planet earth despite the fact that motherhood is the single most magical act of creation that you guys are witnessing on planet earth and the reason i say it's magic is because it quite literally creates another being. And it is instinctual and automatic. And the woman doesn't have to, you know, run the math or equations, a set of equations to make it happen. It just happens naturally. So her body is already a natural creative force, right? And yet let's look at societies, right? The And how a society is run. The woman right now is not in her power. The woman is in the shadow, right? No creator or creatress can be in the shadow because anybody who is recognized 
by self and other as a creative force automatically comes into the light, automatically gets recognition, automatically gets a round of applause. Do you know what I mean? Right? Right now, what even look, oh, oh my God, we don't have to go far. Look at your religion, especially the um, Abrahamic religions. Masculine face of God, God the creator. The creator created everything by himself in seven days. That is what you have been brainwashed to believe. Hate to break this to you, but nothing would have happened without the feminine. Definitely nothing. Like, it would not be a thing if we just had the masculine polarity. No creation would have been possible, right? Now, why do you have this myth? Because the masculine energies run supreme. The masculine energies create all kinds of mythology around how they're cool and awesome and the best. And the feminine energies are just, you know, standing quietly in the corner, afraid to raise their voice and, you know, raise their hand and be like, yeah, but maybe I'm a little bit of a creator soul. So, you know what I mean? Women don't identify themselves as creative forces. Even when they're pregnant. They don't think of themselves as a creative force. You know why? Because the archetype of motherhood on this planet is the archetype of a martyr. Do you guys get that? Is that? Am I the only one that's pissed off about that? Am I the only one that's pissed off about that? For as long as you're going to be martyring yourself for nine months when you're pregnant and prepping for birth as if it is the, oh my God, worst thing, most scary and painful, and God knows what else could happen. Thing. You are going to be living the martyr archetype. Not the creatress archetype. The activities, essentially, of growing life within you would be the same. But the, like, the perception, as well as the physical experience of that birth and creating life could be very different. Right? If you approached the process of birth from a place of I am a creatress of life instead of I'm the martyr to my future child, I am serving them, I am in service of them, I'm going to give my body to them and my youth and they're going to give me stretch marks and all the good stuff and I will carry it like a good mother should. Because I love my children. This is just a collective construct. It doesn't have to be this way. Motherhood is important, but it doesn't have to be suffering. Motherhood is a wonderful, blissful energy. But that is the number one thing that humanity also, like the female side of humanity, has to transform before you fully anchor motherhood. Because motherhood is not self-sacrifice. At the higher echelons of the planet, like planetary systems, motherhood is not sacrifice. Motherhood is bliss. Motherhood is creation. Motherhood is giving life. But it's not slavery. It's not martyrdom. It's not pain, tears, tiredness, fatigue, all the, the good stuff. Like even look, look at how much your period hurt. You know, your periods hurt. That is all like the remnant of the martyr archetype. You guys, you have to give it up. It's time. Anyway. So ironically, ironically, by embracing yourself as a creatress, 
that helps you integrate your motherhood archetype even more that embraces you know that helps you transform from the shadow side of the mother archetype and by the way there's a lot of shadow around the mother archetype on planet earth beyond the martyr how about the controlling mother the overzealous mother you know the one that like keeps calling you all the time like darling when are you coming home like do you not love mommy anymore how about the absentee mother you know we have those also like there's all kinds of shadows around the mother archetype and before you know this energy the mother energy can be purified all of that shadow needs to come to light you know so each woman individual is going to have to go through that journey you know we're going to have to heal the the concept of motherhood the energy associated with motherhood in lineages as well throughout this planet and ironically ironically the key to getting there the key to healing the mother within the key to healing the future of this planet is for women you know to finally accept themselves as the creatresses that they are what is a creatress creatress a creatress archetype is a female that stands strong in her greatness in her abundance it is a female that looks at the world and if she sees anything that is wrong in this world she is able to make change she knows she can and she does because why because she is the creatress she can create something from nothing she can also take the energies the way they are and transform them to create a better world a better future and a better um uh reality for all that is the creatress she's not chained she is not experiencing a lack of power around anything she is empowered but not in a way that puts anybody down not in a way that she's wearing the pants not in a way that she takes the power from the guy right because it takes two to tango it takes a great tour and a great dress to birth things when one becomes strong the other one doesn't automatically have to become weak it's not a zero sum game when one is strong and the other next to it becomes just as strong they can finally have a divine coupling they can finally have a divine relationship right the state of femininity on this planet um isn't you know on an energetic level it looks like a woman is literally standing on her knees in dirt constricted by a bunch of chains rusty chains at that her hair is dirty she is anxious anxiety literally one of the defining emotions of women she is full of fear she is full of worry right have you guys noticed that like and i don't know for for the ones of you that are mothers have you noticed that you like your worry factor like goes through the roof the moment you have children it's like you're like worried like the 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 sun is going to like uh fall from the sky and like your child is specifically to kill your child or to hurt your child like you're living in perpetual worry once you become a mother that is ridiculous you guys you need to be emanating love not 
living in a place where you are co-creating suboptimal scenarios for your own child that you love so much. Because you are a creatress, whether you realize it or not, right? If you don't realize that you're a creatress, you're still creating your reality and the reality of your family. The woman is the heart and the glue of the family, right? Whatever she creates with her emotions is going to impact the future of her family. Please take that responsibility. Please know that by worrying or being fearful, you're not serving your loved ones. You are hurting them. And then, you know, your kid comes back home with, I don't know, a broken finger or a bruise or some cut. And and you're like, I knew this would happen. That's why I was so worried. No, you created it because you were so worried, not the other way around. And your poor kid freaking had to suffer for it. I'm just saying. Please take responsibility for the creative force that you are. Please take responsibility for the fact that you have been creating all kinds of suboptimal scenarios for yourself and the ones you love. Please take responsibility for for your own actions around what your neglect and what your lack of acknowledgement of your creative force has done for this planet. Just look at the ecological crisis. Look at climate change. Who do you think is to blame? A woman. Not because she's the one that creates all the, the mess. No, absolutely freaking not. But because it was always up to the female to be connected to nature. It was always up to the female to recognize herself as the creatress. There's absolutely nothing impossible for the creatress. So it is the woman that needs to stand up from her knees first and take responsibility for this planet. It is the woman that needs to stand up from her knees and start creating the future for for her family that, uh, that her family deserves. It is the woman that needs to get up from her knees and understand that she has been abundance all along. Not her husband, by the way. I know at face value, men are supposed to be the breadwinners. But if the woman is not connected to her personal well of abundance, her husband can work 60 jobs and still they would struggle. They would still struggle. Because abundance starts with a woman. She is responsible for abundance in the family. And she's the one that's on her knees praying for a little bit of abundance. Can I please have a little bit of abundance? No. (laughs) No, you can't. No, you can't have a little bit of abundance. You can either have it all the way, my darling, or not at all. And for that... For you to have, to have it all the way. You cannot plead. You cannot pray. You have to get up from your knees, stand up tall, and take what's yours. Take it. For God's sake. Release those chains. I can't look at this anymore. You are not powerless, women. You are powerful. You are full of power. You are full of this creative force that you have been suppressing for millennia. That little voice in your head that's been telling you that maybe you can, it's right. It's been right all along. I want to do this exercise with you guys. I wasn't planning on it, but I think it's it's very much needed. 
Um, I would encourage you to do this, whether you're a guy or you're a girl, actually, because we're going to be breaking your feminine out of this weird scenario. Because whether you're a woman and you're, you know, living your femininity day in and day out, or you're a man and you're, you know, partially, you know, made up of female energies, uh, you've all showed up to this planet in its very pivotal moment where the pendulum is swinging back into femininity. Barely, but it's starting to swing back, right? Which means that this concept, this issue, this lesson, of liberating the feminine within must be paramount to you. You just don't realize it yet. So I want you to close your eyes with me and I want you to take a few deep breaths into your belly. <sighs> deep into your belly. And then when you breathe out, breathe breathe um, out audibly. So I could, you know, I could hear you. So you breathe in through the nose and breathe out through the mouth. And when you breathe out through the mouth, I wanted to, you know, for you to make a sound. <sighs> so release, you know, you want to start releasing that. Because I've been inadvertently by talking to you just now, I have, you know, unearthed some of the codes that have been dormant within you. I've also brought up some of the sediment to the surface of your like waters, of your rivers and oceans. And what I mean by that is I've kind of stirred some emotions within you and, and certain feelings and certain old patterns and habits, right? So it's important for you to start releasing them with your breath, right? So that's why I breathe in through your nose and breathe out through your mouth and release all of the things that need to be released right now, all of your chains. I want you to imagine that the female within you, again, regardless of which gender you are, I want you to look at the state of your feminine. I want you to look at the state of your feminine. Even if you are a spiritual teacher that has been teaching the Order of the Rose or any of the other fem feminine mystery schools, I guarantee you there is still a part of a woman, like a feminine part of you within you, that still is on her knees. Because at this moment in time, I just count humanity and 100% of you have that type, that streak of energy with a woman on her knees. 100% of you. There's not one that doesn't have it. So look at her, the woman on her knees within you. Look at her. Where is she? Where is she? For enough of you, she's going to be in some deep cave. It's dark and scary. For others, she's going to be in a deep forest, also somehow dark and scary. Still, for others, she's in the desert. You know, for very few of you, she's even in a nice place. You know, it's all moist and dark and, you know, twisted where she is, right? So notice her setting. Because that is where you have been jailing her. That creatress, the female creatress in you, is jailed right now. In a very weird place, on her knees praying that one day somebody will come and save her pay attention for most of you the woman is going to be in chains chains shackles all kinds of things cage sometimes it's a cage and and the chains on top of it so it she's all the way caged for a lot of you she's even going to be blindfolded 
even worse, right? So she is on the knees, completely submissive, completely not in her power, forgotten, bereft and lost. And not only that, but she is also blind. Great, because she's blindfolded. So she doesn't even know her greatness, cannot see it, can't hear it. Amazing. Only it's not. So here's what we're going to do. First things first. If your creatress is blindfolded, for God's sake, remove the blindfold and let her see the light. Anything else that is constricting her eyesight, it may be something else for you. Get her eyesight back. Allow her to finally open her eyes and look around. And feel how she's a little bit surprised that she's been in this dingy cell. You know, she was like, whoa, it's not really nice to be confined here. What am I doing here? She's seeing this world for the first time, you guys. Yes, your creatress has been that lost. Okay, let's deal with the chains now. I want you to take a sword of light or the scissors of light, whichever one feels better for you in this moment in time. And I want you to start removing these chains. I want you to start cutting them. Removing them from her hands, from her feet, from her body. She's wrapped in those. You want to cut them. You want to see them fall away. And as they fall away, you know, there's all kind of dirt and debris that's still left on this like beautiful body of, of your divine, you know, feminine, right? Next thing you want to do is you want her to stand up. You want to gently nudge her off her knees. Yep. And she is out of practice with that, ain't she? Like literally she does not remember last time that she was off her knees. How sad is that? Yep. She's also dirty. Like all of her knees, you know, they're dirty. They're in the dirt. How fun is that? If there is a cage around her, please open the door to the cage. Let her exit. If there is no cage, you're lucky. You don't have to do this step. Then imagine there's a bathtub. And it's a white, beautiful tub. And you have like um, some rose petals in there. But also, all of a sudden, you know, there is the sun. You know, if you didn't have the sun before, now the sun is shining. It's shining straight in the tub. And the tub is filled with this beautiful diamond dusk type of water. So um, you want to imagine that, you know, this side of you, this part of you, is walking straight into this bathtub and literally fully submerges, you know, itself, herself into the tub and all of the dirt and debris and you know any type of damage that the chains may have caused this body whether internal or external is being eradicated at this point in time so where there have been you know maybe there have been certain cuts on the skin the skin is becoming smoothed out you know the muscles are coming into their full power you know there have been, again, any internal damage such as, I don't know, like blood clots or um, anything broken, all of that becomes healed, all of that becomes pristine, all of that becomes fully perfect again, right? And then also if um, there was like rust on her clothes 
or on, you know, I don't know, on her hair or anything, right? All of that is being removed at this point in time. This is the grand cleanse, right? So the waters of this tub are essentially bringing this aspect of you into her divine balance, right? Into her state of zero, into her perfect alignment. And as that happens, you know, that part of you changes. It begins to flourish, you know, begins to open up and unfold, becomes beautiful again, right? So stay here for as long as it feels good. If you need to stop this recording, feel free to stop the recording. By the way, if there is anything that emerges in this tub that I haven't told you about, such as random crystals, or sometimes it's even animals or like, you know, uh, certain elementals might emerge with you and like start to help you, start to heal you. Or even like there are some, sometimes like um, certain infusions may happen or healing may happen. You know, if you need to stop this recording, stop it now and, you know, just let it, uh, let the process unfold. Don't rush this. Take as much time as you need for here. And when you're ready, you know, when you're done, Imagine that this part of you is exiting this tub. You know, and she's wearing all white, like a white robe, floor length. She's barefoot. And her hair is like flowy, free floating. And now you want to take her by the arm. And you want to lead her, you know, into, you know, outside of this place, right? Which for a lot of you, again, it was a cell or some type of just dark, deep a damp place or like a you know a dead desert you want to lead that woman into the most beautiful garden imaginable right with all these beautiful trees and flowers and a little pond and the sun shining from the sky you know and the moon shining from the sky and i don't care that they're doing it all at the same time because we can right and now she's looking at all of that with her full eyes, you know, her eyes for the first time, right? She's seeing the beautiful world for the first time. And then, and then, there is a hand that descends from the sky, and the hand is that of the Divine Mother. Divine Mother has a gift for you today. It is something that has a symbolic meaning. It is something that she has brought just for you. And it is a special talisman that has the codes that are the codes of your own creatress powers. So what you want to see is you want to pay attention of, you know, this outstretched arm, you know, what does it give you at this moment in time? And you want to take that object and explore it, right? That object is going to fit somewhere either inside or on your body. So you want to add that or place that where you know that it belongs, right? Just go with your intuition here. There's almost like this object is going to fit somewhere on you quite naturally. So just let it be there, right? So just accept it. And now that you have accepted it, right? Thank Divine Mother for her gift. Thank you for helping you bring your own creatures into the light. Thank you, her, for working with you today. Because it is through the collaboration with the Divine Mother that these energies are becoming possible on planet Earth. Together, we're going to birth the new archetype. We're going to birth the archetype of a woman unchained, of a woman liberated, of a woman 
that feels free and in her power to create her own life and the life for others in the way that would serve the greater good. It is the woman that can take on large issues, issues that are larger and bigger than herself and excel. The new face of a woman on planet Earth is going to be that of a creatress, which means that we're going to have a lot more women than ever before starting their own companies, starting movements, running nations, building large organizations of all kinds in the world. And we're going to see them leading from their feminine power instead of having to give up who they are in order to fit fit into the concept of masculine creativity or masculine creation. Think about, you know, what this may change for you. Think about what in which areas of your life you could use the creator's archetype. What could you use that creative spark? The creative spark that comes from the place of abundance, like the water, right? The abundant ocean. The ocean is abundant. The ocean creates life. Water creates life. Water is, a produ- is dominating feminine energy. So how is it that water creates life, right? In more ways than one. How is it that water can really transform a terrain? can really transform the landscape. And we as women have given away that right, right? Invite your creatress to come and play. Invite your creatress to imagine a better world. Invite your creatress to imagine better communities. And ask her what is it that she wants to create today. What is it that she wants to create tomorrow? And what is it that she wants to create in this lifetime? It may be important to you or for you to write those answers down in a journal or even meditate on that and like write a quick essay about what is it that you would like to create and dare to dream. There's absolutely nothing that is impossible for you. Absolutely nothing. Um, I can take uh, a question from the collective. Um, I know that this episode has been maybe a little bit less about the Divine Mother. I kind of gave you this big spiel about maybe more so about her mission and the energies that need to come through. But I also do this always in the flow. And um, apparently the way that the information came through was the way that you guys were able to receive it, right? There is a lot more things that you know we could do and we could um, discover and uncover about the Divine Mother. Uh, there's a lot more that we can do to start working with her energy. She has beautiful energies, very healing energies, very diverse energies. We have barely began to scratch the surface of, of who she is as a soul, soul uh, as uh, I guess, um, um, as a as an energy right 
Um, now, what's interesting, one thing I'll tell you is that Divine Mother is going to be a lot more present in the future. So you're going to start seeing a lot of channelings coming from Divine Mother. Uh, you're going to start seeing a lot, you know, kind of like her name is going to become known, right? Um, in the next uh, two decades. Um, so she really is kind of like descending and she's watching planet Earth really closely at this moment in time. So we're going to start seeing her energies come through really, really um, you know, forcefully, so to say, uh, very strong. Um, and part of the reason is because she's really here to birth the creatress archetype, and that is going to require some serious curation, some serious investment on, on her part as well. Um, if you had a question about the Divine Mother or anything, you know, uh, on the topic of what we've just discussed today, um, I am here to uh, receive the question as long as it serves the human collective. Well, the question that came through is how else can I work with the Divine Mother? Um, I would, you know, um, building a relationship with the Divine Mother is, it, it is going to take, it's going to take some time, right? So um, obviously, like any spirit, the Divine Mother can um, feel and see your intentions 100%, uh, right? So it's, um, you know, she is the master the mistress of the heart right she really really knows your heart so one thing i will tell you is that if your intention to work the divine with the divine mother comes from the heart space and it is a pure intention then by default she's going to want to work with you right so the strength of your intention is definitely going to impact how close of a relationship you can have with the divine mother um, there are many ways to work with the Divine Mother. You know, essentially the way you start building that relationship is not dissimilar to how you would start building a relationship with any of your spirit guides, right? So you would want to first have a meet and greet with the Divine Mother, right? And um, in that during that meet and greet, you would want to ask her questions, you know, and see if she has any messages for you. The Divine Mother has her own place within the universe uh, where she loves to dwell. And um, right now she actually wants to share like a little key with you through me uh, of how you can um, access her domain, how you can access her queendom, if you will, um, so that you can start exploring it. So in order to get in touch with the Divine Mother, you need to get into a meditative state, you know, calm your internal dialogue as much as possible. You may also choose to do this in the morning. You may want to do this in the morning when you're really light before you have breakfast because, you know, lighter energies are going to be really instrumental with this practice. So uh, what you want to imagine is that you're standing in front of a set of gates and these gates... Um, they're quite tall and they're pink and it's like an intense type of pink um um almost like um magenta but like a few shades lighter than magenta but it's an intense pink it's not like a very shy pink it's not the rose quartz pink by any stretch of imagination and um this gate or these gates they're very intricate right so they're made with this like pink metallic metallic rods essentially and they have this like very beautiful they're very ornate they have this very beautiful ornament 
and uh, as part of the ornament you have birds right so it's birds and it um you know it's trees and it's berries so that's kind of like the ornament where the ornament says um, and also along like the sides of the gate, you have vines kind of like wrapping around, right? And it's a beautiful toll gate. And so as you're approaching a gate, I want you to stretch your right hand, you know, right, right palm up. And the moment that you approach the gate, if your intentions are pure, um, there is going to be like a little key that appears on your right palm, on the right, on the palm of your right hand. So you want to take that key and you want to use it to open the gate and as you enter right um, essentially you enter the domain of the divine mother and this first chamber although it feels kind of like the outside it feels like nature uh, it has it's it's has the proliferation of color pink everywhere right so the divine mother greets everybody with color pink it's kind of like her detox zone because color pink is essentially one of the colors of the um it, it's it's a color of the uh higher frequency cosmic love right so um it's almost like a great detox for any soul that enters through right to go through this uh chamber um of, of like pink uh emanations um on the left there is like a, a river of like this beautiful etheric pink uh, water so pink glow and then on the right, you have a garden with trees that are all pink, like the trunks are pink and the leaves are pink and the fruit are pink and the flowers are all pink. It's kind of like all pink everywhere. And then in the middle, there is a road. So like essentially you're walking the road, right? One thing I will tell you, right, is, you know, if you want to kind of like have the best possible experience and, you know, really get messages from the mother, you may want to like take a deep dive into the pink waters and first enable the pink waters to detox you, right? So essentially you want to, the pink waters to take away all of the darkness and the negativity that you have and replace that with this etheric pink glow, the glow of higher cosmic love, right? Permeating, you know, your cells, membranes, you know, every organ of your body, you know, um, changing the quality of your blood cells, you know, of your nerve cells as well, your neurons, right? Uh, essentially re-modeling, redoing all of the liquids in your body as well as all of the solids in your body, you know, raising the frequency of those, raising their vibration, making them, um, you know, more balanced, more in sync with the higher cosmic laws. So you can just float in this river and that, by the way, the river carries you towards um, the bridge, you know, there's like a bridge there. And that bridge leads you into essentially a city. And as you walk in the city, um, there is a castle in there. And this castle is a meeting place. It's almost like a temple, but we can think of it as a castle. Because Divine Mother is, you know, she's both the priestess and she's the queen uh, in her own queendom. So you want to enter her temple. Let's call it a temple. And she's seated in the middle of this pink temple. Uh, and um, there is like an eight-pointed star right below her feet, below her throne. And she's seated on the throne and she's wearing all this diamond, diamond-esque white energy. And so you want to uh, approach Divine Mother. You want to bow. And you want to see that she's stretching her arms to you. 
and you want to take her by the arms and uh, essentially uh, the way you like take her by the arms like your palms become joined right and she's starting to send you energy and codes through the palms and you your palms are receiving your hands are receiving that energy and those frequencies now you can stay here you can pause this recording you can stay here you can ask the divine mother for any type of input you can ask her any questions but definitely see you know what kind of messages she has for you what kind of practices maybe she wants you to do you can ask her you know how to better balance your energies you know what's missing for you in particular and she'll definitely be able to guide you on your own journey towards you know better encapsulating better embodying the divine feminine and her qualities and she can also advise you better on your path right so that's how i would start that relationship it's a great question thanks so much for asking it um I think that we're going to probably start winding down for today. Thank you so much for being here for this foundational episode with me. I know that at times it was really dense. I know that at times it was really deep. I know that at times it was very macro level, right? Too high up where I know you guys struggled maybe sometimes to bring it home and like understand why you should care. Um, but I commend you for sticking through and staying with me till the very end. I know that this this means that you're meant to work with the divine mother i i would not be surprised if she pays you a visit whether through your dreamscape or you know through your meditation in the coming days i commend you for your commitment towards you know working your light towards liberating the creatress energies within you and i thank you for your service because by liberating yourself you truly liberate the world i love you We'll see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for listening to Conversations with My Higher Self podcast. We hope that you enjoyed this episode. Please visit thisismaria.com for more insights and offerings from Maria and Sergey. It is T H I S I S M A R I Y A.com. We hope to see you in future episodes.